The Hump, episode 31. Let's join a league. Welcome to The Hump, your show about how to get one over in this thing called life. This is Brent Bowen. And Chad Beeland. Chad, what are you drinking tonight, dude? Well, I've kind of run out of everything. I keep making runs, so uh, I had to kind of scrounge around a little bit. This is the first time I've gone outside the Kansas City metro area during the the lockdown and whatnot, but it's a uh, Stillwater Artisanal, so you know it's made by artisans. Uh, mm. Double mocha affogato nitro stout. That is a hell of a handle on that thing. Really? That is quite the handle. So when you said Stillwater, where is that? It turns out it's in like Maryland. Well, it's a Mar- uh, Stillwater, collaboration Maryland. with Oliver Brewing too. I don't know where they are. Okay. Because we have a Stillwater product on the, on the show tonight. So it's uh, Bubba Gator's on the show and he's a... Uh, He's an esports guy, but he's also got some Oklahoma roots. Mm. We're going to be talking about some gaming tonight. Bubba, did uh, we we drink a cereal malt beverage generally on the show? But you're welcome to bring any be- any sort of beverage on the show. Did you bring one tonight? Yeah, I need a refill though. I got some truly lemonade hard seltzer because uh, uh, okay, you know, influencers got me like, oh, I think I'll try that, and obviously, influence marketing works, and now I'm drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you do a little marketing yourself and you've been influenced by by that and in, in, in your honor bubba i'm since we have a bubba on the show is i'm drinking a hefeweizen so <laughs> a white boss is it what, uh, uh, no el jefe was what i was thinking uh-huh. so yeah Weissen? Oh, okay gotcha yeah, yeah. we're we're <laughs> drinking a, a hefeweizen on the show so chad what uh what activities you have planned this weekend? The weather's supposed to be beautiful. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, we bought those inflatable kayaks about a month ago. We keep taking them out and it's looking like some boating up this weekend. Boating. Very nice. The weather will be lovely for that. So we ended up buying the paddle boards and trying that out last week. I have a feeling I am not going to be back out on the lake this week, unfortunately. Uh, did Did you hurt yourself or... <laughs> No, there will be about 24 pieces of lumber delivered to the house tomorrow. And this may harken back to Bubba, some of your old days working at the the Y and doing some recreational sports. I am putting in a Gaga ball pit. Oh, a Gaga ball. In the backyard. Are you going to play or the kids are going to play? No, I've been told I am going to play. Oh, well, yeah, you need to strengthen your lower back and your knees because there's a lot of Bending and hitting. I, I'm the old man any, all of a sudden. Like, I, I just learned about Gaga Ball a week ago. I still don't get it, but I'm willing to, to jump in the pit and uh, give it a go. So just a moment ago, Chad, you asked me if I'd hurt myself paddleboarding. And I said no. Then I mentioned I've got Gaga Ball going on. And Bubba said, I need to strengthen my back and my knees, which by far and away are probably the two weakest things on this person. (laughs) (laughs) So next week when we do the show and you ask me the question, did I hurt myself? The answer will be yes. Prince in a full body cast. He (laughs) took a spill over the wall in the Gaga ball pit. (laughs) (laughs) So 
So are, are you available for lessons on said Gaga ball? Bubba, yeah, you- yeah, yeah. My kids will, my kids and I come teach you. you that's the recreation educational coach teacher in me. Yeah. You need some, uh, yeah, I can pre up some rules, whatever you need, post them up on the wall. There's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of weird rules with Gaga ball. Uh, I, I may need those weird rules. So mm-hmm. my daughter was supposed to be a camp counselor this summer and she missed. That's the one thing she told us she was totally going to miss mm-hmm. about the summer and summer camp was Gaga ball. So we said, okay. We, and we just canceled a trip. So I said, we're going to take the trip money and I guess we'll just have, we'll, we'll have it in the backyard. So that's what I'll be building this weekend. Nice. I got to see this. I'll, well, the kids will take video of me probably flipping over the wall. What do you think, producer? Are you going to take video of me being a an ass and flipping over the wall? All right. Any Bubba, what do you have playing this weekend? Well, we are remodeling the bathroom. Not us, but I got to tear it out. And that was a nice de-stressing thing to just tear out tile and drywall and, and stuff because... You know, it's a good time to refinance and we're, I mean, I'm only 38 and like in nine days. So I think it's a good time with low, low interest rates and whatnot, but otherwise just working around the house, trying to, you know, just hang with the kids. I mean, been around the kids a lot. Like my wife's Mm -hmm. the homeschool teacher right now. She just kind of semi-retired from her role at the church as a minister and and then I get to be home working from home. And so we're around a lot. She's the teacher. I get to be the PE teacher. We ride bikes a lot, but it's gonna be a fun little weekend, you know, enjoying the, enjoying the weather. I'm sure. Yeah. Enjoying the nice weather before it gets mm-hmm. too hot and doing that home improvement. Mm-hmm. We'll have to direct you to a guest. We had a couple of weeks ago who certified financial advisor. And he was talking about all the low interest rates and a lot of the projects where people are doing around the house and you know how to how to make that kind of cash flow work for you so we'll have to point you in the direction of one jordan neitzel right chad the jordaculator he's the man he is he is the man well we have bubba gator i pronounced that correctly right that's Gattert, but Gattert? that's why it's just, just why I go by Bubba most of the time. Bubba by, by most of the time. I need a phonetic <laughs> spelling. So Bubba Gattert, the E yeah. in there is completely silent. Then the gah, ah, yeah. yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. It's that old, I mean, it's Swiss, Swiss, Mennonite, whatever heritage we got that got changed and added an E when we came over in Ellis Allen and whatever the 1700s or something. A nice little history lesson as part yeah. of this. So we have Bubba Gattert. There we go. He's yeah, there we go. Bubba Gattert is the executive director of the Varsity Esports Foundation. That's right. Tonight we're going to be talking video games. And Bubba has more than 20 years of experience in nonprofit. And there's a connection there between the nonprofit element and video gaming, believe it or not. Right. And before right. this, I know Bubba a little bit from recreational sports and Mm -hmm. the YMCA. I was one of the, one of the coaches and the producer who swung his hand over was one of your former kids. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. So one one of my best coaches, I should say. Really? Oh yeah. Well, you know, also you also helped out the nonprofit I worked with a lot by being supportive when you worked at American century. So that's a, it goes a long way with, you know, supporting financially with your organization. So thanks. Yeah, I tried to throw a little money to the YMCA mm-hmm. and then tried to help coach. I, I ended up doing a couple camps and really enjoyed mm-hmm. that. And at this point, once I get my kids out of the house completely, 
I'll probably start coaching again, somebody, somebody else's kids, which will be, I, I love doing it. So it was a big part of my family's life and my grandfather in particular, and it's a good way to honor him and his memory. So it's probably something I'll keep doing. So, but we're, dude, we're thrilled to have you on the show to talk about what you're doing now. So uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, and yes, coaching is rewarding and I'm, I hope you definitely get back into it after the kids are after you get some empty nesting going on there. Yeah, no, I think I'll, I'll, I'll need things to do. So, <laughs> so tell us a little bit and our audience about the varsity esports foundation. Yeah, we're a nonprofit based here in Kansas city. We got office down the river market. We actually rent office space from the largest and longest running competitive esports league uh, for high schools. It's called the high school esports league. It's here in Kansas City, been here for about seven, almost eight years. And we started this foundation back in December of 18. And I came on board last summer after my years at the, like Brent said, with the YMCA, I went and did stuff at the Sports Commission in Olathe, Kansas here. And this foundation has just been so rewarding. Uh, I've, yeah, I've, I've loved working in the nonprofit world for many years, but this is definitely as a gamer who grew up playing video games. My dad worked at Radio Shack. This is definitely a passion and a calling. And you know, we, we get to do a lot of stuff around the country and the continent and around the world. We're, we're an international nonprofit. And our real big focus to simply break it down is we look to get donations to support students in schools, disenfranchised students specifically in urban areas with support through internet access, devices, grants, scholarships, and specifically STEM education through esport clubs at schools. Yeah, you just you mentioned just a really important element there, which was access. Mm-hmm. Right. And now it couldn't be any more important than the time we're in now mm-hmm. because the libraries are closed, which has been a huge source of access and an import, important part of your mission. I was just telling Chad a little bit ago, I was asked to be on a kind of an online panel around podcasting. And one of the questions, it, it was, we were throwing out questions to, I think it was somebody at Gimlet Media, the CEO of Gimlet Media, and I asked a question about the digital divide and how they were trying to help to bridge kind of that gap around the digital divide. And they were moderator was like, nice question, but we're not asking it. You're the only one that cares about causes here. So, (laughs) but that's an important part of your mission. Tell us why that part of your mission is so, so important. Well, yeah, I mean, we... I love that we're able to not have to create things, but partner with people. We partner with a group out of LA that's called Human IT, and they shrink the digital divide one piece of technology at a time. And so, I mean, like when a, let's say here in Kansas City, a Cerner or somebody or Sprint, you know, does a whole remodel and gets all new computers, those, that companies like their nonprofit will take those computers, refurbish them and give them away to people in low income areas and help with low income, low cost internet. So for us as a foundation, we support other nonprofits like that. And, you know, not, not trying to recreate the wheel, but just support who's doing it in really great ways. And the digital body is important specifically now. I think, you know, my kids are here in the public schools and I think they were prepared a lot better than a lot of areas. I remember talking to a, a high school student in New Jersey and this was mid-April, mid-April. And he's like, yeah, I think we're going to go back to start doing online school maybe in the first of May. I'm like, wow, 
I mean, I hear in here in Johnson County, I think we, we had it about a week after spring break. So we're real lucky here. I know getting into what I'm really thinking and how I really feel about this is, is property tax makes it a little easier for us to do things like that. And, and to really kind of throw out some numbers, there's 382 million people in the United States. Well, 50 million people don't have internet access at their homes. 40 million students ages 10 through 19 in the United States is what we have. That's the population of 10 through 19 year olds. 9 million of them have no internet access at home or devices. So when we think about what's happening right now, we have expedited everything we've been doing as a society to provide digital learning. And our foundation has definitely been part of that process of helping you know, shrink that digital divide, but it's all come to the forefront for everybody now. So it's, it's nice that we were kind of part of that process before, but, but now we've got a we got a lot more awareness around it. And the, unfortunately, COVID has done a good job of helping us raise awareness. And I think that's that's been the kind of silver lining in everything with COVID, to be honest. And when I go back to that property tax thing, I also think about what's happening with racial inequality and why, why do schools here in Johnson County have better access to digital and distance learning? Well, you got the suburban flight thing, which we can probably go into if you want or not. I've talked about it plenty on LinkedIn. Sure. Well, and historically, Kansas City has played a prominent role in some of that suburban flight component. It's well do- well documented. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're well you're welcome to. We can certainly <laughs> chat a little bit about that. I I'm on the board. You and I've talked. I'm on the board of an organization that has a similar mission, but around the arts, mm-hmm. right? right. And it's really around and you're four times less likely to drop out of school if you have access to the arts and some of the things from socioeconomic standpoint. And the first thing to get cut from a lot of these, a lot of the education programs, and it was a big to do within Kansas City and as as well as the mayor's done around some of the things that have been going on recently in this moment. One of the big things in a budget cut prior to that was was arts within the city, which was which was hard to hard to stomach. So, you know, yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough it's a tough thing. So I'm glad your organization partners with others to kind of support that mission and and close that gap for sure. Yeah, it's I mean, the the values of our foundation are my values because I'm the director and integrity is huge and transparency is huge. But. You know, you, I can be complicit and not talk about it and, and feed into the issue of it, or I can use my platform of being able to speak and, and have a following that will hopefully, you know, listen, but also kind of push back on friends that don't want to listen and, and may have, you know, maybe a little more ignorant to it. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm tiptoeing now, you know, and is that even, <laughs> is that even the right thing to do? You know, we had a, we had a, um, a student on our, we've been streaming every day this week, the high school esport league uh, championships for spring online on Twitch. And one of the casters used the platform to talk about black lives better. It's like, Hey, this isn't part of the league, but I'm, this is me personally as whatever his, his, his name was on the, on the, his handle. And thought, yeah, you use that platform just like in gaming. They use the platform to free Hong Kong and stuck about talk about that all last year. So, yeah, no, I but I still feel complicit, <laughs> you know, don't feel like I'm doing enough. Yeah, I, I know. But 
I think it's apropos based on your mission and based on what you're trying to accomplish. The organization I'm a part of, Kansas City Young Audiences, put out a statement around this is exactly why we exist. Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter, right? The arts mm-hmm. is a component of providing culturally relevant information, whether it's teaching history, whether it's bringing people together, communities together, whether it's about having discourse and discussion, that's why the arts exist, right? So it's completely appropriate to to be able to come out and say that. And then based on the mission of your organization around looking at those underserved communities, and it's right there on the website, it's it's part of it, right? Yeah, and I and I I, I, last night, my, my wife is really, I mean, like I said, we, we've, I mean, combined, we've both been in nonprofit world for about 40 years total, her doing stuff with church, St. Jude and, you know, my different years in ministry and, you know, other, other realms of sports. But I, last night, she just, she made a really good point. Like your organization was started because this is an issue, like, because there's disenfranchised and underprivileged students. So Today, I just got online. I thought I got on in LinkedIn. I said, I need you to help me shut down my nonprofit. I need you. I need people to come in here, raise money, raise awareness and help us shut down my nonprofit. Like, I don't want it to exist anymore. If if we can get enough people seeing the value of education, especially for urban and rural, then there's no need for there's no need to start a nonprofit in the first place. But that's why it was created, because the rise of gaming in schools and seeing that mainly schools in the suburbs were being able to get funding for all sorts of activities and urban weren't able to get that. I mean, we started the nonprofit. <laughs> I, I, I really, I could throw out the ideas of, you know, the numbers, why systemic racism, you know, systemic racism and redlining, you know, you talked about here in Kansas city, like systemic racism and redlining and home loans and denying people to go to school has had an effect on generations upon generations to not be able to afford a house that with in areas where they they're the property taxes are higher so that can then support the schools so then you have schools affected so that's where we're trying to go the other way around of supporting those schools and those students because you know as we know schools sometimes are the only hot meal for kids or the only time they could get internet access so any way we can support that, I, I, I'd love to eliminate the need to have to support it because it just needs to be in, in like inherent to whatever, everything we do. Yeah. No, I love that. That sentiment of the notion of let's, let's work hard to where we can shut down your nonprofit. Right. I would love to shut down. And that's always the argument of this. These things will never get solved. Mm hmm because nobody wants to ever shut down the nonprofits themselves. Right. You just talked about food poverty as well. And so when you're thinking about this as a full, you know, a full day in the life of someone, we're just touching on one component, one component of it. So I'm even thinking about back to some of the conversation Chad and I were having over Sunday dinner, just about big, big business and some of the issues we're we're talking around the prison systems and documentary he had watched recently called what was 13th right on Netflix. Yeah, it was it's eye opening. And I mean. I mean, maybe some good can come from all this and at least maybe some awareness and maybe people are going to have a conversation that's maybe uncomfortable, but one that's definitely needed to be had. Well, yeah. Yeah, Chad, when I look at uncomfortableness, when I look at even in my world of the industry of video games and esports, 83% of African-American teenagers play video games. 
but then only 13% of minorities are game designers. Mm -hmm. So you have one, this issue with big games also not supporting kind of that, I guess to get back to the disparaging issue of in our world, console versus PC is a thing that is a systemic racism issue because game developers are creating games and events and huge events with big sponsors around PC games that suburban kids can afford. But EA Sports definitely is a draw for those in the African-American community for Madden and NBA 2K. But the focus on creating that to be something bigger than a Fortnite tournament would be is not there. So, And it's also access, again, on the PC is $1,200 and a console is $400. So there's all this stuff to weigh in. I mean, just I mean, you can break this down to iPhone versus Samsung in the sense of African-American communities typically will get a Samsung because the access and the, the cost of it. Um, so yeah, it's, there is, it's wide ranging in every industry, but when we look at gaming for sure, people that don't look like me don't maybe want to play with me or, or get a game that I created because it doesn't, it's, it's not culturally accepted sometimes from your own culture or your own race. And also you're not being uplifted because it's just another white guy, you know, another white guy. Yeah, just a uh, just another white guy with the sword. So, yeah, <laughs> that guy that got a laugh from my son too. Well, uh, on that on that notion, let's talk a little bit of specifics of how your programs kind of work and how you you know the curriculum that you provide mm. as an organization, and um, particularly with the integration to schools. Yeah, yeah, you know we're real lucky here in Kansas City when it comes to gaming. You can look at Atlanta, you can look at New York and LA and talk about Silicon Valley or whatever, and then gaming in those, in those worlds and those kind of areas. But we're real lucky. We have, like I mentioned, the high school esports league is here in town. We also have the national association of collegiate esports is here based out of the NAI offices down there by the sprint center. And so this pipeline for school or scholastic esports is really heavy because when I'll kind of buy the numbers for you guys, if you don't know, if the listeners don't know, esports is a $2 billion industry. Gaming is about a $160 billion industry. It's more money, more, more than, let's see, uh, movies and music combined mm. uh, across wow. the world. And esports is a sexy term, but it's only, it's not even, it's just over 1%, you know, of, of all gaming. But it's sexy because you in, in literacy for esports, people first see large arenas full of people watching 10 people on a stage behind computers and full of, you know, 30,000 fans. And like, what is this? This is ridiculous. However, if that's ridiculous, you know, we sit and watch boxers, <laughs> uh, you know, on a stage or on a, on a platform boxing. Right. Or, uh, you know, the, the adage of the the editorial cartoon, the student is in there. The kid is in there watching somebody on Facebook live or Twitch playing Fortnite. And the dad walks in and says, you know, what are you doing? Like, yeah, I'm watching this guy play video games so I can be better. It's like, that's silly. And then the dad on the next cell of it is him sitting in front of the TV with a remote watching football. So is the, you know, is the dad going to go out and play and get better? Probably not. You know, we're just going to be (laughs) sideline, sideline referees. Right. 
so all this all this encompassing the literacy is is important for us because we're trying to talk about the bottom up as an organization where if we can give students this this information about digital citizenship so anything we can help them to have a better footprint in diversity inclusion cyberbullying mental health suicide prevention and we can give them that information so they can be better as they get older and not do things like being toxic to females when they game or toxic period. I'm sure Brent, your son, as he's played games and talk smack to people while he's mm-hmm. playing, because that's a thing. But I mean, I play pick up basketball and talk smack, mm-hmm. but there's a difference between toxicity and teasing yes. um, as we know. And so really all of this, all of this we're talking about is as our foundation, we focus on awareness, advocacy, education, and support. And that literacy component's huge because if I can get out on podcast and talk to, you know, six moms or dads hear me and say esports in schools and, and gaming at home is good for your kid, and tell them why rather than like the whole, the old adage of just pause the game. It's time for time for dinner. Like you can't pause a live game where there's a hundred people who drop in because it's not Super Mario Brothers anymore. So there's a lot of education there that we try to work on, but mainly our grants and scholarships opportunity is the other big thing where there's, like I was saying with colleges, there's $20 million in college scholarships every year available for students right now to go to college and be an esports uh, athlete. Just like a football player, you, you'll have a degree, whatever degree you want, has a business degree or whatever degree, you know, marketing, graphic design, anything, doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be STEM related. Just like an athlete, when a football player would have a degree, but you can get a college scholarship right now. There's over 200 some odd schools that have varsity programs. And luckily, we we have been a part of that. HSCL and, and our organization have been a part of that kind of indirectly to get those students there into those esport clubs and colleges over the past seven years for them specifically in the past two for us. And then that, that beyond that, there's professional level. But a lot of our focus really is with our curriculum for education and STEM education, since we're the only STEM accredited nonprofit in esports. We push out this free curriculum to teachers and schools across the world to be able to educate their students and educate their parents on gaming and why it's beneficial at home and in school. Hmm. So you ready to, to play a game with us? Sure. Yeah. Okay. The, the modified version. Yeah. The modified, yeah. The modified version of the game. <laughs> so for folks who listen to the show, normally <laughs> they're used to us playing triple D and we've broken out this version before, but we're, we've got a G Uh, I call it the PG version. Chad calls it the G version of Triple D. And so every week we throw out a scenario. It's our way of outing bad behavior generally. And the hosts are not immune to Triple D. So we fully acknowledge that we're capable of some of the said bad behavior ourselves. So it's not like we're not culpable or uh, immune to some of Mm -hmm. this bad behavior. But this week we're going to play a little differently. We're going to throw out a scenario and discuss whether it's a dingling, despicable, or a dunderhead move. And Chad may not participate because he even had questions coming into this around what the question even was. But I know the producer knows what this is and has a strong opinion. He just needs to not use the other triple D <laughs> and needs to commit to not doing that this week. So sorry. So this week's triple D move, I told you, man, he's horrible. He uses some worse words than what we normally play with, with the people he plays with online. I tell you, you need some counseling. So this week's triple D move 
is someone who trolls online gaming. You were t- we've talked about cyberbullying. We talked about subtle ways of cyberbullying. I hadn't thought about the skins that way, but you know, there there are more direct ways of trolling too. So the question here is someone who trolls online gaming. And and I have a strong opinion on on this as well, but so Baba, would you like to you have a, a thought of that? Is it a dingling, despicable, or a dunderhead move? Someone who trolls in online gaming is do I have to pick just one? No. Okay. Well, I mean, could be all three, depending on well, if I think about your son's toxicity earlier, I mean, maybe it's a dunderhead because maybe he doesn't know better because all his friends are doing it. Mm. Someone who trolls in online gaming, maybe that's an adult that just does it to, I, I, so I'll, I'll get on call of duty tonight. We'll turn on, you know, game chat where you can hear other people in the uh, chat and probably get called the N word the whole entire time by somebody or a little white kid or whatever. And, or just, you know, it said you're trash. So it can probably be a dingling <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I'd say the the worst toxic game is League of Legends, which is a kind of overhead looking down game where you have five players all moving around a map. And uh, golly, people keep people can come in, like I said, with this. You are terrible before I even knew you sort of mentality because I'm the best player ever. So that that happens a lot. And it's a bad, bad thing in our in our community. Yeah. And that would fall in the despicable camp. So mm-hmm. now you've touched. Boom. boom. You've touched. You've touched all three. I would have gone solid dingling. I just think trolling you. You consciously, even if you don't, even if there's some ignorance on the dunderhead side of things, mm-hmm. I still think your mama should have taught you better. Mm-hmm. So you're you're probably in the dingling. You're, you're communicating with other people. So I'm going to throw that as a little more firmly in the dingling camp. What about you, producer? Now that you've been, your eyes have been opened to your bad behavior. Probably despicable. Despicable? Yeah. Really? And I was going to say that, like, there's whole YouTube channels where people just troll and, like, their reactions or their videos. Have you? Like, mm-hmm. I know. I've not seen that. So what's the concept here? Provide a little bit more. It's views. like uh yeah, it's like an older guy. He'll go on like GTA or something and go to game chat and try and find a kid who's younger because mm-hmm. there's always someone on there like that. And he'll just like kill them and kill them and kill them until they start like crying or. Oh, so they're intentionally going out yes. and wreaking harm. And then on- the reaction is their video and then they get a ton of views because yeah, they make money off it yep. <laughs> and make money off of it. Yep, Chad, how, what what would you put that in, Chad, now that you've heard that scenario? Find something better to do. <laughs> <laughs> what what was the concept we talked about at one point in time? We talked about swatting. That's like that's wor- that's oh, as bad or okay. worse. That's as bad or worse than swatting. Yeah, swatting. Well, swatting's worse because swatting's the repercussions are you could get I mean, you could get physically really harmed, but yeah. Uh, in a swatting scenario, but that's, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't really aware. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's beyond troll. That's safety. What the swatting? Yeah. Cause I think one, one time a guy actually got hurt by the cops or something because yeah. they actually thought he was doing something wrong. Yeah. So yeah. that, yeah, I've heard of scenario, a couple scenarios where somebody's gotten hurt 
unintentionally through a swatting, yeah, a swatting episode. So yeah, that that's a bad deal. So Bubba's good. Chad, any other thoughts about this topic before we close it out? It was obviously something I have no, I live with girls. I don't have any context, but very interesting nonetheless. Yes. It's been a long, so Chad and I used to game together, but it was when I think when we played online gaming, I had like one, it was pretty much dial up and we played over like a web TV. <laughs> what y'all play? I, I don't, it was the original Xbox that we would play. Halo. Halo's pretty where were my, yeah. my gaming career ended. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I did love Halo. Yeah. And we would have some Halo gaming parties here. Once the technology improved and he was when he was really little or not even born, but uh, yeah, my gaming career has kind of stopped then I've tried. I taught him a lot of Lego gaming and then I hung up my hung up my cleats as you would say. Yeah. Halo, Halo, Halo was definitely that one. I think even, even at the, the end years of when I was in college, I guess first years in college, there was dorm room land center land, you know, cables running from room to room mm-hmm. And then I think uh, my roommate, Ozzy, he's uh, my buddy from uh, New York. When we were roomed together in college, we played all the time. And then I'm pretty sure we yelled at each other all the time and yelled at the game about the the grenades not sticking or there's no way you killed me like that. And I, <laughs> I, I do uh, remember putting a hole in a door, like being so mad at this stupid game for not letting me get a kill on him or whatever. So yeah, the Halo is Halo was an exercise actually. It, it sounds, it sounds like it. And now we've come full circle. It's like dad sitting on the couch, watching the NFL game and getting so mad. He throw his beer at the television, right? It's come, come full circle. Come back next week for part two of our interview with Bubba. We had such a great time with Bubba that we spent a good hour with him And you can pick this conversation back up with part two next week. If you've enjoyed today's episode, go out to the, he says, she says, Casey Facebook page and like, follow us. If you haven't already, remember you can catch us live on Facebook almost every Thursday at 6 PM central. Also check out the, he says, she says, Casey blog. I'll do that one more time. Also check out the, he says, she says, Casey blog. And remember you can rate subscribe to us and leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple podcast, Spotify, and Chad's personal favorite stitcher. Take care, everybody. Have a good night. Bye.